This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. There are so many AI image generators, and they are extremely capable. You know, you've probably heard ones like Midjourney and Dolly, but there's, I swear, new, amazing AI image generators coming out almost every week. And maybe you're wondering, which one's for me? If so, today's episode is for you. Welcome. My name is Jordan Wilson, and this is Everyday AI. It is your daily live stream podcast and free daily newsletter, helping everyday people like you and I not just make sense of what's going on in the world of AI, but how we can make sense with it or make dollars, right? Make money, grow our businesses, grow our careers. Uh, so I'm extremely excited today uh, for, for our guest who is, I will say bar none, I'd say one of the best out there in, in sharing and creating AI art. So I'm extremely excited for that. But before we get into that, let's go over what's going on in the world of AI news. So uh, speaking of AI image generators, mid-journey, one of my personal favorites is coming to the browser. So a big move from what I would say is the leader in the AI image generating uh, field. So uh, everything was previously in Discord, which if you are new to uh, Discord or AI images, it's essentially a separate program that you had to uh, log into. So Midjourney uh, with this uh, pretty pretty big announcement saying that they're moving some AI image generating features inside of their actual website uh, so you don't have to go into Discord. Uh, all right, our second piece of news, also image related. So uh, poisoning your artwork, is that a thing of the future? Uh, so a new tool called Nightshade allows artists to poison their own artwork in order to disrupt and damage AI models trained on their work without their permission. So uh, this new Nightshade can cause AI models to malfunction by injecting little poisoned images into their training data. Uh, this to me is extremely interesting, uh, but it could be, in my opinion, too little too late. Uh, so many of these uh, big AI image generating platforms have already been trained on countless uh, images. It might be too little too late, but I like it for artists trying to protect their future work. All right, last but not least. So some big news uh, for the US becoming an AI destination worldwide. Uh, so the White House announced 31 designated tech hubs uh, with a focus on AI to improve American competitiveness and will provide grants for each hubs. So uh, the Biden White House today announced that these hubs will receive grants uh, between $40 million and $75 million each, and they are kind of scattered throughout the country. And the focus of these tech hubs uh, will include everything from quantum computing and clean energy to obviously artificial intelligence. So uh, I'm excited to see what's going to come out of that. There is one, hey, I'm from Chicago. It looks like there's one coming to Illinois. So I'm going to keep my eyes off, uh, keep my eyes out on, on what's coming here. But you probably joined today not to hear about the AI news. Maybe you did. Thank you if you do. But uh, you probably want to know a little bit about AI image generators. Uh, I do. I spend a lot of time in these, but my guest today spends a lot more time uh, than I do and a lot more time than most. So please help me welcome to the show, uh, Leo Rodman. He is the founder of Rodman AI. Uh, Leo, what's going on? Thank you for joining the show. Hey, so 
much of a pleasure to be here, man. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, that's definitely interesting, like you mentioned, about the image poisoning. Um, I mean, I would say the biggest takeaway from that, before we jump into the show, is that um, I don't think it's going to last forever, right? Like, as you mentioned, they've already trained those, you know, image data sets, and, like, I don't expect that this image poisoning is going to last and keep up with every technological advance in the same way people are claiming they can detect AI. Um, Google actually also said that they have a new project that can detect uh, generative images with 100% accuracy or something like that. And when I hear things like that, I'm like, that's never going to hold, right? That's never going to keep. <laughs> same, same, you, you know, Leonard, it's kind of like when, uh, you know, OpenAI, you know, came out with their, you know, quote unquote, um, you know, text generation. And they said, oh, we can help you detect if uh, this text was AI generated. And then they quickly found out like, no, they can't. So they shut it down. But uh, anyways, I digress. So let's let's actually quick, quick tell everyone a little bit about what you do, um, you, you know, with Rodman AI and uh, in the AI space. Yeah. So I work for a tech company here in Chicago. Uh, we're both local. Jordan and I hung out the other day and had drinks, which was cool. Um in my spare time, my copious free time, I've been working on my personal website and portfolio, rodman.ai. Um, I initially started it to provide um, free diverse clip art because as an instructional designer and L&D executive, I've always found that it's really hard to find diverse clip art. Um, so that was like a pet project of mine, uh, banged out uh, 10,000 free clip art, which I still get probably 100 visitors a day coming by to grab free clip art from me. Um, and then I went from that into chat GPT prompts and mid journey prompts. Mm. Um, and from there I've been doing other types of image generators. So chat GPT, as many of you are familiar with is a text generator. So I'm creating prompts for different, um, fields, different jobs, sort of trying to show how it can apply to different, um, people doing different things. Um, because I think that's really important to show everyone how they can benefit from AI, how it's not just a them thing. It's me too. Right. Uh, that I also can benefit, whoever you are. Um, Mid-journey, I've been trying to um, sort of notice what I'm calling styles within the image generation, um, meaning that the um, the algorithm is trained on certain images, certain words, and trying to figure out which they are and what they produce. It doesn't always work out, and the idea is to basically provide people with keywords that they can use in prompting. Um, so I just hit... Guide number 100 for mid-journeys. Wow. on that until they come out with mid-journey six. Um, so I'm focusing on Leonardo, which is a big, um, so they have a cool name, right? Just like mine. <laughs> um, they're big SD and SDXL, um, which is Stable Diffusion and Stable Diffusion XL-based image generator. Um, there's also another new one called Musavir, which is coming from Dubai, which is very exciting. I believe it's also SD-based or stable diffusion based. Um, and then also looking at Dali, Firefly with Adobe, which has also just come out with a new update. So Firefly 2, Leonardo 2, um, and really just trying to compare and contrast these image generators. So show what you can do in each of them, what you can't do in each of them, and really just trying to educate people about how they can best use them and get really cool results. Mm. And, and, you know, hey, as a reminder to everyone, uh, Leonard's going to be dropping, I think, a ton of knowledge. I can't wait. I'm, I'm like ready to learn along with y'all. But uh, as a reminder, you, you know, if, if you're joining us on the podcast, 
check out the show notes. Come and join us live. And, and thank you to our, our live audience. Uh, Maybrit saying, yes, this will be a great one. Been experimenting a lot. Looking forward to uh, everyone's insights. Uh, Alar saying big on mid-journey. Um, you know, Doug's just saying good morning. Doug, thank you for joining us. Um, so get your questions in now because I, I would have loved, just FYI, I would have loved to know Leonard like nine months ago. Like when I was first, you know, or, or you know, when Dolly too, you know, he spends so much time and creates such great guides. Uh, so, so get your questions in now, but maybe, maybe let's start, let's start with this Leonard. Uh, we said, Hey, we're going to go over the good, the bad and the awesome. So maybe let's start kind of in the middle. Like, what would okay. you say if, if, if we're talking about, Hey, what's a good, uh, AI image generator, what's a, maybe a good one for people to start, uh, to learn if, if they're new to the space. Yeah, I would say what I've really been recommending to people the most has been, um, and am I frozen? No, I think you're good. Oh, good. Gotcha. All right. So, um, you know, I think people should really be starting with Dolly. That's my recommendation to them. Uh, Dolly is really good at following instructions. Uh, you don't need to sign up. You can use it on the web. Um, so if you go to bing.com, B-I-N-G.com slash create, that'll take you to the Dolly image generator. And let's see if I can share that briefly and get it to work. I got it. I got it pulled up right here. Bam. Perfect. All right. So let's try generating something. I think what's most exciting about Dali is that it follows instructions. So if you tell it, like, I want a dog standing on a truck, holding a sign that says... Happy birthday. Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant, said about the PPP course. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from ChatGPT that I needed and wanted. And after taking the PPP course, I now realize that I was not priming correctly. So I will be heading back into ChatGPT right now to practice my priming, prompting, and polishing. Everyone's prompting wrong, and the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. Here we go. And if, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm literally typing in, and this is how easy it is. I'm typing in what Leonard is saying live. So, you know, we went to bing.com slash, uh, what was it? Slash images or slash create? Slash create. Slash create. And we, we typed in a uh, dog standing on a truck holding a sign that says uh, happy birthday. And uh, I'll, I'll zoom in a little bit here. And it's pretty, pretty impressive, right, Leonard? Yeah. That's not bad, right? I mean, a dog can't really hold things because <laughs> it doesn't have hands, but pretty good, right? Yeah. And, and, and maybe let's, let's talk about this a little bit more because um, I love that you picked Dolly because I love it. It is easy. But you know, one thing that it's probably worth talking about because it's something that a lot of people run into issues right away is the text, right? So maybe can you just kind of quickly explain, uh, you know, 
kind of the intricacies or, you know, the pros and cons of working with tax, because not all of them handle this like Dali, you know, if we're looking at the results here, it looks like Dali got the text about like 90% right in three of the four images, which is actually pretty impressive. Yeah. So people who haven't seen AI first are probably like, what's happy burb day, right? Um, but this is a big step for us. If we look at how things used to come out of, or still come out of things like mid journey, um, basically image generators were never really taught to read and write. So just like a kid who was never taught to read and write, if you ask them to draw someone holding a sign, they know that, you know, letters are like glyphs and they're going to draw some glyph looking things on that sign, but they don't really understand how to read and write. They don't know cursive. Um, so that's been a really big thing that Dali has been doing that, that it's been bringing us that. Um, whereas other image generators haven't had that before. There's still some guess and check, right? So like we did it, it's like, okay, not all of them came out perfect. But um, considering we gave them like a pretty complex prompt, that was really good output, I think, right? A dog standing on a truck, holding a sign, a bunch of different things there. So if you gave that to mid-journey, you're just going to end up with an image with a dog, a truck, and a sign in it. And the sign's going to say some like gobbledygook that doesn't make sense. Um, but I think, you know, that's what makes Dolly exciting. I'd say that image quality is not quite as good in Dolly. So that's pretty good. It does photos pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, but not as good as mid journey. When you look at a dog, it's a little easier. If you look at a person, for example, their skin texture is more likely to be like a porcelain doll or plasticky looking. Um, and I'd say it's really the defects. Um, that make people look realistic, right? Like normal, real human beings have skin tone. They have skin imperfections. And you're used to seeing that. And when you see someone who looks perfect, you're like, oh, they look like a Greek statue. Um, maybe in a good way, right? But they don't look real to you. And your eye and your brain recognize that, even if you're not perfectly trained on image recognition and photography, right? We're all used to just what do people look like? And we have a really good idea of that. Um, and we just, you know, know that innately. Yeah. Uh, and that's that uncanny valley that people have talked about in the past. That's kind of gone away because like all the image generators are so good. They're past uncanny valley, but the idea is like, it looks like a human, but not quite. So it sets off kind of like this alien part of your brain where you're like, that's an imposter. Um, <laughs> it, it just, Hey, just, just as a reminder, unfortunately, Leonard's screen is frozen. Don't worry about it. We've got his audio. Uh, we've, we, we've got the, uh, the screen share going. So, uh, don't worry about that. We can still tap into all of his insights. Uh, so Leonard, this is a great example. Um, and I love that we started with Dolly because it's, it's also aside from what Leonard said by going, uh, you know, to Bing, Bing.com and accessing it that way is you can also, if you have, uh, the paid version of ChatGPT, you can access it uh, there as well. Um, all right, so let's let's maybe uh, transition, Leonard. So uh, the good we said is is Dolly three, and and it handled text really really well. Maybe what's what's one maybe not bad, but what's one that maybe kind of still needs to be improved a little bit. Okay, um, well before Dolly came out, everyone was really excited about Ideogram. And I haven't checked them out in a while, um, but Ideogram was kind of the first people to do text well, and people got really excited about it, myself included. 
Um, I started including robots holding signs that say this, that, and the other for like weeks, just because I was so excited about the idea to communicate in that way. And it's still pretty good. Um, I think that the press that they got from being first to uh, do text mm-hmm. really helped them. Um, they're still getting there. I've checked on them periodically and let's see what we get out of this. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Well, we're going to try the same. So if you're listening on the podcast, you know, uh, Ideogram, I believe I, I could be wrong. I think it was started by uh, former Google. I believe it was, but it's, it started, it's, it has some, um, some really heavy hitters on the founding team. So it's, it's not just, you know, one of these that's, you know, kind of started in, in someone's basement. So I did uh, the, the exact same uh, prompt that Leonard suggested for uh, Bing chat. We did the same thing, dog standing on a truck, holding a sign that says happy birthday. So the results here, not as good, but you know, again, Leonard, not, not, bad, not right? terrible. No. So like totally usable. I would say if you wanted bad, bad, you could look at like Dolly 2, for example, <laughs> which was one of the first image generators I used like a year ago. Um, and I was using it at work and I was like, hey, can we use this to make assets that we could actually use with like, like, could we show this to a human? And the answer was like, no, like everything that comes out of Dolly has like two heads and 20 fingers. Um, and I can talk a little bit about that as well. That's essentially the same thing as signs and text, right? That fingers are really tricky and tough. Um, they do a lot of different things. It can be complicated. Artists have trouble with them and, you know, basically just, you need training to do it well. So, um, you know, just like a human artist would need training to do fingers well and AI needs training. And until it got that training, we had a lot of AIs putting stuff out with like 20 fingers, um, which that's like obviously wrong. Now we're down to the point where it's just like the skin texture is imperfect. And occasionally you might get like one extra finger. Um, Sometimes you still get an extra hand in mid journey or in Dolly, which surprises me. Um, But you know, that problem is mostly in the past and now we're just down to like really refining it. So, you know, we're so close to the point where you can't even tell the difference between a photograph and something generated by AI. And that's crazy. Yeah. And, and, and Leonard, I think you bring up such a good point because, you know, when these kind of AI image, uh, AI image generators first debuted, you know, specifically if we're talking about Dolly 2, that actually predated ChatGPT, which a lot of people don't mm-hmm. realize. Um, so some of these early AI image generators, people shared them and they went viral, maybe for not the right reasons, maybe for, hey, this person has three hands or this person has nine fingers. But, you know, the quality now is fantastic it is you know even myself i'm i i've taken more than uh 500,000 photos before in my life right i was a photographer ish in my former life and and right <laughs> now can, can can you even tell the difference uh like or do you really have to like stare at an image for a long time to see if it's real or if it's ai uh ai generated well each ai has certain specific things that it does wrong that you can kind of learn to recognize um, so I would say that in like a split second, I can tell still if something's AI generated or not, but I'm also in the same boat where I've done photography for like 30 years and, um, I used to take fewer photos back when it was on film. Once it switched to being on like a two gig or bigger two terabyte flash card, and you can just take like, you know, you look at like the number of photos you can take and it literally runs off the edge of the screen on your digital camera, just cause it's like, you can take like a billion, billion photos, but, um, 
you know, you sort of learn to recognize stuff like that. I think everyone can still see it. Um, I think someone who's less expert might be fooled initially for longer. But I think that really anyone could look at one of these AI-generated images and recognize that it's not real. Um, and not even necessarily just because of what I would call miscalculations. So, for example, in the image we have on screen, uh, the dog is holding a sign that says happy birthday. He's holding it with like a stick that kind of like passes through his chin instead of his mouth. And the truck he's standing on only has one side, the right side, not the left side. Um, so you can see things like that, but you would also recognize it in like, um, you know, the glint in an eye, for example, or mm -hmm. specular things um, involving lighting can be really a big clue. Um, you know, I think really what's more important, though, is just getting all these different image generators so close to reality that they're really usable. Um, yeah. So for me, what's most exciting um, recently is that Leonardo came out with a new model uh, based on SDXL, Stable Diffusion XL. And I'd say this is really the first true competitor I've seen to Midjourney, um, where I've pulled up images from Leonardo and Midjourney, and occasionally Leonardo actually does it better. Uh, where in the past, Midjourney just won every single battle, every single heads up. Um, so that's really exciting, just seeing like real competitors in the space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I, I I feel the same way. It seems like, you know, for many months, um, at least in my opinion, Midjourney was kind of running away with it. And then we got Dolly three. And yeah, some of these yeah. new models are are fantastic. So actually, here, before we get into the awesome, before we get to kind of the the, the final phase, there's a couple of great questions here, and, and please continue to get your questions in. So uh I'm going to, I'm going to let you uh, handle this one here, Leonard. So uh, Monica asking Leonard, are there any restrictions using these images for commercial purposes? Great question. Probably should have got to that sooner maybe, but yeah, Leonard, what, what is the um, kind of the, the general school of thought? Because there is technically no quote unquote law out there, but what is the, uh, the school of thought or best practices for using AI image uh, AI images in for commercial purposes? Yeah, so I'm using it currently at work for commercial purposes. Um, I know lots of other people who are, and nobody's gotten sued yet. Um, I'm sure someone will get sued eventually. I imagine it's going to be some big firm because generally you want to sue people who have money and not people who don't have money. Um, and any lawyer will tell you that. Let's find someone with money to sue, not someone who doesn't have it. Um, I think really the biggest place you might get yourself into trouble potentially is if you were like going out of your way to try to rip off someone else's work. Mm -hmm. Or if you like released a soda and it looked exactly like Coca-Cola, but it was like coca cola or something like that, then they might come after you and be pissed. Um, other than that, I really think that it's pretty much fair game and safe to use uh, generated images for commercial purposes. I would just advise people to like count your fingers and toes and check your quality. Um, but I wouldn't be super concerned about the legality. Of course, be you know aware that I'm not a lawyer. Um, but I have talked to a bunch of lawyers about this and so has Jordan and I don't think anyone's really going after individual creators yet. Um, you know, it's really just things that are obviously illegal that I would shy away from. Yeah. It's, it is important to talk about, right? Um, because that was the first hesitation. Well, uh, I believe the first wave was like, okay, this isn't good enough to use for commercial purposes. But then as you know, probably once mid journey got to, you know, version, you know, five point, whatever, 
and now Dolly three. And now, you know, we're talking about Leonardo with some, some new models. Now it's like, okay, yeah, now they're definitely good enough <laughs> for commercial purposes. Um, so it's, it, it is. Yeah. But there's, there has been uh, plenty of lawsuits already, but mainly geared, um, you know, at the makers themselves. So, you know, we talked about stable diffusion, which is a model uh, they've taken on a bunch of lawsuits, but yeah, as, as far as I know, there hasn't been any um, individuals uh, kind of targeted because yeah, it's, it's, it's a great area right now, um, which, which does make it a little tricky, but um, I will say that it is very widespread and commonplace to be using AI image uh, generate uh, AI generated images for commercial purposes um here we'll do we'll do one more before we get to the to the awesome leonard so maybrit asking what is your favorite generator to generate high quality pictures for ads or website content and maybe this is the transition to to, to the awesome right yeah i would say definitely go with mid-journey for the best quality um like i mentioned leonardo can be a really close second sometimes um so they both cost about the same 30 bucks or 40 bucks a month for their sort of medium level uh, that most creators can make good use of. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say, yeah, try out um, uh, Midjourney, give Leonardo a shot. Um, I would probably say you'll end up with Midjourney most likely, but see what sort of suits your taste. Um, I would say Leonardo gives you more shots that like a real person would have taken. Mm -hmm. Midjourney gives you more dramatic and dynamic professional photographer type ones, um, but yeah. All right. So let's look at our dog standing on a truck here that Jordan's rendering for us. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of got lucky. So Midjourney doesn't really understand things like dogs standing on a truck. But usually if you have a picture of a dog in a truck, the dog's going to be standing on the truck or sitting in the truck bed or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, as you can see, the text did not come out. It gave us some random letters. But those are actually an improvement. So clearly they've been working on this and must be working on this for the new one. Because you used to get like a bunch of letters that didn't even look like English alphabet letters. Mm -hmm. And now at least all the letters look like English alphabet letters, yeah. um, which is interesting. So Midjourney and these other generators will like sneak little mini updates in. They actually work on the live version of their product instead of releasing it. So like one day, all of a sudden you get like a new feature that you don't even know about, um, which might be something they announce or might be something like, you know, better looking letters as we work on research about letters. Yeah. And, you know, if you're listening on the podcast, yeah, Leonard was kind of giving us the breakdown, but we put the exact same prompt that we've been using in some of these different image generators into Midjourney. And yeah, uh, Midjourney right now obviously struggles uh, with text, but in terms of, you know, photo quality, um, I don't, well, you know, now that I'm looking at it, I would say there's less maybe errors aside from the text there's maybe less errors in mid journey, but, uh, overall, if I don't know if, if I had to use one today because of the text, I, I might use in, in this very specific use case, the one that we generated, uh, from, uh, Bing in, you know, using Dolly three, just because it, it came out with, uh, a nice sign, but you know, there were some errors. And that's sort of where I stand too, where, if I really need it to follow my instructions precisely, or especially if I need letters, I would say go with Dali. Um, and it's getting closer and closer. So that's mm -hmm. exciting for everyone. I'm sure it makes Midjourney nervous, but I'm sure they have something up their sleeve. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So, all right, here we have a we have another question, and I'm I'm also going to throw on uh, some tips. Uh, but but Leonard, so uh, Dr. Harvey Castro asking, what are some top uh, suggestions uh, for prompts? tips, uh, et cetera. And I'm going to go ahead. If, if you're listening on the podcast, um, Leonard said, so I kid you not, he has a hundred guides already. Uh, but, but Leonard, maybe, uh, as I even, uh, scroll through, some, uh, what, what are some of those, um, uh, suggestions for prompts and tips? Um, maybe just for Dolly, but, uh, we can also talk in general. Yeah. So in general, um, if once, uh, Jordan gets to the, uh, there we go. Fourth slide here. Yeah. Um, I put on all my prompt guides um, this sort of short and sweet summary of some ways to what I call dress your styles or your prompts, so to dress it up a little bit um, with descriptive words. Um, and so here I've got kind of five hot ones that I recommend to people. So a mood, and that isn't just the mood of the characters, but it's the mood of the whole scene, right? So do you want a happy, joyous scene photograph? Is it you know, what kind of mood is it supposed to evoke in the person who's viewing it? Um, so you can throw some words about mood in. I think that lighting can be helpful. So throwing in the type of lighting you want. And it doesn't have to be a fancy word like chiaroscuro or whatever. It can just be bright, dim, right? Um, so just trying to communicate what you want. What kind of medium you want. So do you want a photograph? If you do, tell it, right? Every single time. And then you're going to get a lot more photographs. Whereas you saw that we got a mixture of photographs and illustrations and other things. Mm. Um, throwing a camera in there can be helpful. And people go nuts with this one with like every little detail about the camera. And that's not really how the image generator works. But if you do put a professional camera name in there, you're more likely to get a professional looking photo um, because people uploaded a bunch of photos tagged Canon ES Mark 5D and if you own a $10,000 camera, you're usually pretty good at photography. Um, so that gives you like a little bit of a gate um, around like what kind of uh, images are going to go into your training set. Yeah. Um, you can also do things like iPhone if you want a less professional photo, GoPro if you want something action oriented, Polaroid or other old school cameras if you want something more old school looking. Um, composition can also be helpful. So if you want something more action oriented, you might want skewed or off centered. If you want everything centered, you might want to put that in. If you want the character on the left or the right, you might want to put that in. Um, I frequently find that if I'm not using text, um, you know, you can flip an image left or right, but if you're using text, then you're limited. Um, and it's definitely helpful just in terms of graphic design. If you have a character, they should be looking at the rest of your page. Right, so like if I were to put someone in the bottom right of this page here, they should be looking up and to the left at the text because that directs the viewer's eyes. Um, Midjourney has a bunch of parameters that don't necessarily apply to other things. So aspect ratio, that's coming to other image generators, but not there yet, I believe, for Dolly. Um, Niji, that's super specific to Midjourney, but it's its own specific anime style. Uh, style raw, or you could also use things like uh, style expressive um, for some, excuse me, different subsets within Midjourney, and they also have weird. Um, but really, the first things up top mood, lighting, medium, um, those are the things that are going to work in any image generator, and they're really going to improve your prompts just by communicating to the computer what you want. Um, and then the other thing is just to iterate, to try over and over. 
So if you don't get it right the first time, you try it again with some new keywords. You can even use a thesaurus, or you might even use ChatGPT. I wouldn't use it to write your prompts, but you could use ChatGPT to give you suggestions for a word to throw in or a word swap. So for example, for a long time, I was trying to get clear plastic tubing and I couldn't get it. So I eventually learned that like you have to try synonyms. So I tried like glass, ice, crystal, um, leaded crystal, translucent, right? And you just try all these alternative keywords and that's how you eventually get at what you're looking for. So you don't, might not describe it exactly how it is. You wanna find a way to describe it that communicates your need to the computer. Yeah, it's it's so so good there. Like y'all like we'll share a lot of this and and you know Leonard if you're not already following him on on LinkedIn, I suggest you do so, especially if you're interested in AI image generator because he has now a hundred of these guides and they are so, so good. Uh, so, all right, we have a lot of questions here, uh, Leonard. I don't want to keep you forever, but let's go, let's go just quick rapid fire and see if we can't get a couple, couple questions answered here. So uh, Ben asking uh, any tips for how to get images of people or animals to look less CGI like. So I'd say number one, realistic photograph, throw that keyword in there. Um, if you're using something other than honestly, mid journey or the latest, um, Leonardo, you're probably going to get things that look kind of CGI like mm -hmm. that's that uncanny value and skin texture I was talking about before. So really, uh, Musevere is also one that's pretty good at this point, uh, but they're in beta. So that doesn't help you. Um, so really just, you got to go with mid journey or Leonardo and pay for it. I'd say use the keyword you know, realistic photograph. You can use things like cinematographic or people use 8K, which doesn't really make it 8K, but they think it does. And I don't know, people like those uh, outputs. Um, you can also, like I mentioned, mention a uh, fancy expensive camera. And I think that can also be helpful. Great, Great. question. Bro. Great tips. Great tips. All right, here we got another one from Brian. Brian, thank you for the question. So he said, what about copywriting the images that you actually generate? Is that a thing? Does it work? So people slap their logos on and that does nothing except for make it harder for someone to steal your work, which that's fine. I don't object to that. Um, if you really want to copyright one of these images, you have to put in 51% of the work, which no court has really determined what that means yet. Um, so if you took like two different works and then you photoshopped the heck out of it for an hour or two hours and videoed yourself photoshopping it and then sent that in, you could probably copyright it. Um, but honestly, I would probably just wait a little bit longer. Um, I think that more likely, you know, not even more likely, definitely, you know, you own the copyright on the design you put on top of an image in Photoshop or whatever. Um, but right now it's probably not looking good if you want to copyright something that's a direct output until you put all that extra work in. And even then it's not really settled. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, this is one that's continuing to go through the courts uh, so far. I don't think anyone has successfully been able to copyright something they produce in terms of just strictly AI image generator. But like what uh, Leonard said, it is kind of uh, kind of ongoing. Uh, all right, we got another one here. Mike, is there a way to upload an image and have it modified? Yeah, and the next person also, Anibal, also asked something pretty similar. Um, can you correct an image? Uh, so can you upload an image and modify it? Um, you can depending on what you mean by modified. So in mid journey, you can upload an image in and use it to inspire your next work. 
but I found that it's really just turning that image into text and the text back into an image um, and maybe following some of your character placement a little bit. If you really want to modify it, I would say bring it into Leonardo, which will let you do, um, it'll let you upload an image and then directly modify like a section of it, for example, um, which is something you can do in uh, Midjourney with an image you created in Midjourney, but you can't do it with an upload. Whereas in Leonardo, you can modify a piece of an image, um, like Anibal asked for detail editing or to take fingers out or add fingers. Uh, so you can do that in Leonardo and Midjourney with images you've made with them, but only in Leonardo can you do it with an upload. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great, great question. All right, and we, we got to our last one here. So uh, Monica, since you got the two for one there uh, answering uh, Annabelle's question. So uh, Monica asking, do you have any data or case studies on performance for ads using AI generated images versus real photographs? I don't have any data. Um, I've definitely seen though, and you probably have too, I believe Jordan talks about it, uh, the study where they found that uh, venture capital pitches that were generated by AI got like 50% more funding or something like that. And it's really just about ticking the boxes, right? Like those venture capital pitches probably did like more standard thing and didn't leave anything out. Whereas a lot of people applying for money probably are not great at writing pitches. Um, when you're generating images with real photographs versus, or generating images versus real photographs. You know, I think that um, something I've had trouble with as a web designer and doing advertising design and doing learning design is you can never find the picture that's exactly right for your purpose unless you literally go out and take it yourself. Um, so AI gives you the ability to have an image that suits your storytelling. And not only that, um, we didn't really talk about this, but I think it's really gonna change storytelling because in the past you would write your copy in just words and then try to find images later. And now I think people are going to be coming up with images as part of their flow because they know they can make the perfect image and it's gonna become part of storytelling in a way that it wasn't before. So no case studies, but I think that AI generated images for advertising are gonna blow everyone away. That, what like, I wish I had something to like pound a bunch of emojis on what Leonard just said. But I think what he just said there is a gem of where we're going in marketing and advertising. And I know this even from personal experience. A lot of times you would really have to massage the copy or other parts of a campaign to fit the image that you had because maybe you had very limited imagery. But now with AI image generators, it's vice versa. And that's very exciting for the future of marketing and advertising. So we've uh, Leonard, we've kept you for very long, but I, I want to give you the chance. So uh, if, if someone now is very interested, so we're going to share all of your work, all your website, but maybe give everyone just that one last piece of advice. If they want to get into, uh, you know, being better at um, creating AI uh, generated images, if they want to go from, you know, zero to five or from five to 10, what is your best piece of advice uh, for people to really up their game now that we've seen kind of the good, the bad, and the uh, awesome? Yeah, I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, you can call it homework, you can call it play, but really just get in there for 10, 15 minutes a day, pick an image generator. It could be the same thing for ChatGPT, just write prompts for 10 to 15 minutes a day. Um, make sure you're iterating. So you take your output and you say, how can I make that better? And you try it again and again, um, but really just getting in there and playing. Um, I think another great way is taking what you get out of your play and posting it on the internet and seeing what people say about it. People are generally surprisingly helpful actually. 
um, about this particular topic area. Everything else on the internet, they're pretty mean, but people about AI seem to be pretty nice and they're trying to help people. So that's cool. So true. And hey, don't worry if you didn't catch the whole thing, if you weren't able to take notes fast enough. We're going to recap everything that Leonard and I talked about. So go to youreverydayai.com. Sign up for that free daily newsletter. Leonard, thank you so much for joining us. I'm kind of bummed your your, your video froze, but yeah. your, your, your insights were on point. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it was my pleasure. And thanks so much for having me, everyone. Hope to keep in touch. Feel free to uh, shoot me a message anytime with any questions. Absolutely. Go check today's newsletter. We're going to have uh, a ton of more information uh, you know, from Leonard's website, more ways that you can connect and engage with him because it's a great way to grow uh, is, is to connect with him as well. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this and we hope to see you back. Actually, I got to quickly plug. We're going to be building tomorrow and Thursday. We're going to be building a brand live from scratch with AI throughout multiple parts. People have always asked for something, a, a show like this. So I'm excited. If, if, if you want to know how to actually use AI from ideation to publication, join us tomorrow and the day after and every other day at Everyday AI. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, everyone. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.